Hi, and thanks for downloading this episode of Queer I Am, the podcast. I really hope you enjoy it. This podcast started as a small idea and has turned into a real passion project for me and is something that I wish to continue to make way into the future, but I need your help in doing so. So there is a cost in making Queer I Am, the podcast, and it's something that I funded and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. But if you'd like to get involved and support the podcast by subscribing to Acast Plus, that would be incredible. And if this is something you can't do, no worries at all. I really hope you keep enjoying the episodes and I intend to keep making them for as long as possible. Season three is coming up and you are in for an absolute treat. I am so, so excited. If you'd like to support the podcast, details of how you can do this are in the blurb of the episode you were listening to. And what this also means is you get to listen to all of the episodes of Queer I Am The Podcast, past and future, completely ad-free. So no interruptions whatsoever. What could be better? Anyway, enough of the serious blurb. Let's crack on with the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I am super excited to share with you today's episode. I'm speaking to an award-winning writer, designer, climate and queer rights activist. And in 2019, they were the recipient of the London Writers Award program and now have released their first novel, First Time for Everything. Please welcome to the podcast the incredible Henry Fry. So whatever you're up to, this is your time to settle down, relax and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Queer I Am. Okay, so Henry, thank you so much for being a guest on Queer I Am, the podcast season two. I'm very excited to speak with you uh, today. Uh, first question I ask everyone is, how are you feeling today? I think I'm going to know the answer to this one. <laughs> well, I'm, <laughs> I'm afraid I'm slightly hungover from a, from a friend's wedding because I'm at that age now where everyone is is getting married every weekend it seems um uh-huh. <laughs> but i'm good i'm very happy to be here yeah don't you think as well like um weddings they're great fun but they cost a fortune for the guest as well i mean it's great to go but outfit present travel well i've just been outfit repeating so <laughs> so i think like the five or six weddings i've had this summer i've essentially worn the same <laughs> i think it's great Great idea. Yeah. Five <laughs> weddings. My goodness. That's a lot of weddings to go to. Yeah, I've got another one in two weeks. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. Do you enjoy them? Uh, yeah, I think so. I did last year. I had one, the whole of August was, I had four weddings each weekend. Wow. So by the last wedding, I was like, they're incredibly judgmental. I was like, oh, those flowers. Like- <laughs> <laughs> trying for the bride or whoever to trip, trip up i was like these people know nothing about weddings whereas I, i'm an expert now <laughs> yeah starting to give wedding advice and things oh that's yeah. hilarious <laughs> so if you had to pick a, a song to reflect your mood today or this weekend well you know because at the moment it might be um the song might be a, a bit bleak i guess if you're hungover but what what would your song be oh my gosh um i've actually been listening to this singer called dochi 
Okay. Um, I don't know if you know her, but she does this, she's got this crazy music video where she's naked running around a warehouse with a shotgun. Right. Um, and everyone, there's all these other naked women just like running around this warehouse. And the song is called Crazy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and it's quite scary, but it's like very uh, arresting. And I've got that sort of running through my head. Amazing. <laughs> I have this thing where I'll listen to a song and I think I just listen to something if I love it on like on repeat, which drives my husband absolutely mental oh, yeah, because yeah. he's like, seriously, can we turn this song off? Um, but um, yeah, and then I just can't get it out of my head for like weeks. And then eventually I put it back on and I'm like, oh my goodness, I actually can't listen to this myself Anymore. now either. Yeah, it's um, like overexposure. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I think, I don't know what my recent one would have been of that, actually. Maybe I did listen to the Beyonce album quite a lot, the the new Renaissance album. Yeah. Um, and there was a few tracks on there that I just kept playing over and over again. But um, I'm having a bit of a Mel C fest this weekend. We've just got her autobiography. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's just come out. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And Sporty's my favourite. So I, I love Melanie C. She's my idol. So um, yeah, the book is really cool. And I'm a bit like, oh, let's pop on some old tracks and have a bit of a listen. So that's been quite nice. So, uh, you know yeah. I didn't until recently, you know, never been, the, never be the same again. Uh huh. Um, I didn't realize what a lesbian anthem that was. Mm. And actually, when you listen to the lyrics, I'm like, is this deliberate? Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it is. I, and I think a lot of people thought, or a lot of questions were asked of Melanie whether she was gay. And uh, back in the day, um, she got that quite a lot. And I think that was because, she was single at the time and also I think as well and it's it's wrong but I think people associated her look with almost like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know um, kind of being more queer so she had like shorter hair and she had tattoos and all that kind of stuff so again it's that whole um, you know bias and perception someone looks yeah. a certain way so they must be gay which is terrible really um, but no I love that tune I actually did that a few weeks ago at karaoke and did the complete left eye Lopez rap as well <laughs> yeah, I did. I was quite proud of myself. <laughs> That's such a good rap, that bit. It is. It's it, so yeah. good. Well, Left Eye was amazing. Well. Yeah. So, so good. So, where did you grow up originally, Henry, and where do you call home now? So, um, I grew up in a tiny, tiny village uh, in um, rural Wiltshire, near Salisbury. You may have heard of it because of yep. the Russian poisonings. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Put it on the map. Um, <laughs> So I grew up in a tiny, tiny village there. Um, my family had run the butcher shop there for a hundred years. Wow. Uh, and I worked in the butcher shop as everyone did and subsequently became vegetarian. Wow. And as far as I know, I was the only gay vegetarian butcher's boy in the uh, Wilson Dorset area at the time. <laughs> <laughs> um so naturally, I moved to London as soon as I could. <laughs> uh, to escape. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not working and, uh, in the butchers forever. <laughs> exactly. And uh, I've, now I live in uh, Hackney, like I've oh. <laughs> Amazing, amazing. And yeah. and I guess, you know, obviously London has quite a big queer scene, doesn't it? Um, what's that like for you? Do you feel kind of where you live now is, I'm guessing, a lot better in terms of representation and exposure and the scene generally compared to where you kind of grew up yeah yeah oh my gosh I mean yeah and uh I mean also just like times changing so I'm 35 mm -hmm. so growing up in you know in the countryside, mm. there was I was the only like I came out when I was at school when I was about 12 or 13 I think wow, I that's the amazing. only the only gay person it seemed in yeah uh, hundreds of miles <laughs> yeah wow um, that's incredibly also, young yeah, I was young, but I went into, I got an art scholarship to a private Catholic girls school. Right. Um, so there was 300 girls and six boys, and it was a bit like Dairy Girls. This is what everybody <laughs> asks me. Um, so I think it was a bit of a safer environment. I felt like it was a bit of a safer environment because I was yeah. with my girlfriends, who I'm still close friends with today. Mm, that's amazing. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, it's really, yeah, now it's very different. I mean, there was, a few years ago, there was a Salisbury Pride, which absolutely blew my mind. Right. Because growing up there, I was like, it was absolutely so shameful and mm. hidden, and mm -hmm. you know, and there didn't seem to be any other gay people, any queer people at all, but mm -hmm. obviously there was. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, yeah. just hidden behind everyone else. Well, you know, obviously 12 is is such a young age to come out, and I, I think that's amazing, and I'm I'm 38, so I'm a little bit older than you, um, but I, you know, definitely felt different at 12, 13, 14, you know, um, and I didn't come out until I was, I was 19. Mm. In terms of self-acceptance and kind of growth and your own identity, do you think, think that was a 
kind of a powerful thing and a um a supportive thing for you to do at that time because i guess knowing who you are and being honest about it from that age it's incredibly brave but equally it's it must kind of alleviate those kind of um fear of people finding out or always hiding behind something do you know what i mean so did that, did that feel good for you I didn't come out to my parents until okay. I was 25 and I okay. was in my first relationship, but I okay. could come out to everybody else and like my brother knew and everyone else knew, mm. but uh, I just, yeah, no, I didn't come out to them mostly because I thought they wouldn't know what to do mm. because they're very, they're lovely, my parents, but they're very, very, we're from like a very old fashioned mm-hmm. like rural family. Yeah. And so I just, they had no sort of source of reference, I think, for it. But mm-hmm. it was it was strange because now, of course, lots of my friends who I grew up with have come out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they definitely thought that I was very uh, completely like okay with myself because mm-hmm. I was I was like the class clown. Mm-hmm. So I was this like l- you know like loud. Uh, gay Mm -hmm. (laughs) boy Mm -hmm. in a school of girls primarily um so I think everyone thought that I was extreme you know extremely confident and extremely okay with myself and there Mm. was I do think there was an element of I was like well this is who I am and I've always been very belligerently like well take it or leave it this is Mm -hmm. who I am Mm -hmm. um and I do think that is partly shaped by that experience as a teenager of because mm. I got a lot of abuse from people like people yeah. would like punch me in the face in the street and you know all that mm. kind of thing that's awful People's parents more than actual teenagers like the adults <laughs> were pretty bad um so I did get a lot like quite a lot of abuse like every day someone would shout something at me that's awful um, so I say that it was the school was a bit more protected but like the actual area outside like, world yeah but I was just like, yeah, like you to everybody. Um, yeah. And I just, I've, that is an element of myself that has been very protective, but I've have also learned that I have to like, mm. let some of that go because it mm-hmm. can also be, you can also cut yourself off from people or you can be unnecessarily aggressive to people where they don't intend it especially in today's world where like everyone is queer now (laughs) yeah absolutely and i think those situations shape our experiences or our take on the world don't they and you know it's it's hard to not you know have those things or those experiences in the back of your mind when you're then in other situations you're kind of on guard i guess um so i'm sorry that you went through that but i think it's incredibly brave at 12 to come out and you know live your truth around you that's that's incredible um yeah, I, 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 it's really interesting what you said about friends being gay because um, there's people that I went to school with that I'm not in touch with now, but there was a group of us that all hung out together in in primary school. So I'm, I'm talking six or seven. Yeah. Uh, two of us are queer and one is trans. And it's like, is I don't know, sometimes it's I think about that and I think, wow, was there a reason we all kind of like gravitated hung to out together? Other? Yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? But I mean, you know, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe. But your performing career. So I want to obviously talk about your amazing book, which seriously, I'm not just saying this because I'm interviewing you. I absolutely loved this book. Um, I just, yeah, and I'll talk about it in a bit more detail in a moment. But obviously, you are an award-winning writer, uh, designer, climate change and LGBT uh, rights activist. Um, you were long-listed for the PRH, PRH White Now scheme. Sorry, White Now scheme. Right Now scheme in <laughs> in 2017, um, and you won the Library Consultancy's Free Reads Award for uh, LGBT Voices, which is incredible. And then in 2019, you were the recipient of the London Writers Award Program, and now you've released this amazing, amazing book called First Time for Everything. Um, for me, the book felt like a like a beautiful cozy blanket wrapped around me um and I totally got lost into the life of Danny Scud I just <laughs> I think it was just like it was so comforting and it was obviously raw in places emotional funny but I, I don't know there was something about it which I just got completely lost in it and it made me relax and it made me you know when you watch like a Christmas film mm. like Bridget Jones or you know something like that at Christmas and you've got a lovely cup of hot chocolate and you've got some nice food and you've just like completely zoned out that's how I felt with this book. It was just, it was really, really incredible. Um, so for anyone that hasn't read the book and they really should, can you give us a brief overview of the the story and, and the kind of um, what, what the book's about? 
Yeah, sure. So it, um, it follows uh, Danny Scud, who is a 27 gay guy living in London. Where do I get my ideas? Um, <laughs> and he, uh, when we meet him, he's sort of been coasting along in his life. Uh, yeah. His career's not, it's all right, but it's not really going where he wants. Mm. He's got this boyfriend who's sort of not really very nice to him. Mm. And he lives with some friends that he's had for a long time who he's perhaps not also <laughs> on great terms maybe they've mm-hmm. outgrown their friendship yeah um and then all of these things in various ways are taken away from him and he moves in with his best friend jacob who's a non-binary artist mm-hmm. uh, in a sort of commune house in east london and goes on this voyage of discovery through modern queer life doing mm-hmm. everything wrong in the process um so it's he sort of has this second coming out i suppose or the second adolescence in his in his mid to late 20s mm-hmm. which he didn't really experience as a teenager which was kind of the inspiration for the novel because i've spoken to so many people queer people who've gone through a kind of similar thing and i'd not ever read anything about it yeah um it was always like you know how in in straight romance the couple get married and then it's the end yes yeah like i feel like after yeah exactly i feel (laughs) like we had this first wave of like queer stories where it was like they get hiv or they and die or they get kicked out of their house and then we get the second wave where it's like they come out and everything is fine Mm, (laughs) mm. and i feel like fortunately now like i've published this at a time where there's so many other queer stories coming out which like interrogate that nuance of the of the different experiences yeah people and this was one one of those things i'd not read about and i wanted Mm -hmm. to explore it Mm, absolutely Um, i think it was amazing i think that the book for me what i really took from it was you know love friendship growth self-acceptance um and and I think personally, I could relate to so many elements of the story as a queer person. I was reading this thinking, okay, I could literally step into the shoes of some of these yeah. characters, especially <laughs> Danny at times. And I think that's really important, isn't it, to have to have art out there which people can really relate to, and as you as you say, you know, share stories and you know represent voices that maybe aren't always told. So, was any elements of the book written from an autobiographical lens, um, as well as kind of the fictional side of things? So it's all, I suppose, like all fiction, it's a a kind of merging of Mm -hmm. uh, my lived experience and experiences of people I know and things that I've read about and, you know, a whole and things I've just made up Mm -hmm. that I think are funny. So there are, (laughs) it's not, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm really anything like Danny other than that. I'm mm-hmm. also quite anxious and he is a very, he's a very shy, anxious uh, character. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say the emotional journey he goes on is one that I have not exactly the same, but certainly there's similarities like mm-hmm. uh, when he has the mental breakdown, like mm-hmm. I had a mental breakdown, which I drew from. Um, mm-hmm. And I re- it's very important for me to uh, show that in, mm-hmm. in, in the way that it happened. And, but it's, the yeah it's bits and bobs are drawn from life and bits and bobs Mm -hmm. are all kind of made up so there's Mm -hmm. you know there's like a bit where he goes on grinder and that was (laughs) oh my goodness some elements of that have happened to me yeah yeah i I was reading the grinder messages and i was just like oh my goodness yeah we're yeah we've all seen those haven't we my goodness i think so many people who read the book will relate to danny's story and i think especially about you know, finding himself, um, trying to establish himself as someone, you know, after mm-hmm. blending in and trying to fit in for so long. Um, was it really important to write about that filter that we all seem to have as queer people? Um, you know, don't stand out, blend, survive, yeah. just get by. And also the struggle with mental health and feeling okay, because I think we we do all kind of put this armor on, don't we, where we think we have to make sure that we're, you know, we've come out, we're now living our best life everyone knows that we're, we're self-assured and we're feeling good, but actually sometimes inside there's so much pain from experiences mm. or just feeling different. So how important was, was it for you to kind of capture all of that within, within the book? I mean, that was so, I mean, that's essentially his, his, mm. you know, no spoilers, but a massive part of his journey mm. in this book for sure. Mm. And uh, I mean, it was, the story was inspired by kind of various different things but mm-hmm. one of them was the velvet rage which i'm mm-hmm. sure yeah. <laughs> many of your listeners know about by by psychologist alan downs where he yeah. actually 
he outlines what he sees as the three stages of kind of self-acceptance um, for queer men. Mm. Which is, uh, the first stage is hiding, pretending to be straight, self uh, kind of regulating, mm-hmm. um, making sure that you appear uh, heteronormative passing. Yeah. Then the second stage is the sort of going into gay culture and being like, I'm gay and, <laughs> and kind of finding or adopting that gay identity. And then mm. the third part is putting those kind of those different parts of your identity together in an authentic way where you find yourself in it. Yeah. Um, and he talks about the trauma of being, being gay in a straight world and then the trauma of going into gay world. <laughs> yeah. Cause it can be, it can be really isolating and also, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, I now live in Brighton. We, there's an amazing sense of community here. It's beautiful. I absolutely love the queer community here. But when I was 20, 21, you know, after coming out, try, you know, I'd go to gay clubs and stuff and I would just feel on display, not in a, you know, everyone's looking at me because they want me, but in a kind of, oh my goodness, do I fit in here? Am yeah, yeah, I yeah. am I fitting the stereotype? Am I fitting the mould of what you're supposed to be? Because it's like, you're trying to be someone else so no one knows who you are. And then you go into this world and it's like, who am I supposed to be now? I've spent I know, so long exactly. hiding. And what are the rules in this yeah. world? Because it's not mm. unlike other minority groups, like queer people don't tend to be brought up in their mm. minority group. Like mm-hmm. you discover your community. Yes. And for gay guys, certainly a lot of it is through like clubbing and grinder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's not like the most supportive environment because no. you're sort of in you're in opposition with each other, aren't you? You're sort of like mm. each other's prey. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. Um, so I think it is, it's a, it's a like scary world, which, and Danny mm. does sort of, Danny goes into that, but he almost goes into this like anarchist, like anarchist, like mm. London queer scene. Mm-hmm. So, Cause I was debating on whether he would go into the kind of like, um, I don't know, like sort of muscle gay, Mm-hmm. clubbing scene a bit mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. but I just thought he would be so intimidated to do that like yeah. got this he's got this move into this more I suppose alternative scene yeah and I just thought that was also a bit more funner to and funnier to explore as well yeah so much absurdity like they go you know they go to this like uh, perf- you know like queer performance club where all this weird stuff happens yeah. <laughs> And I think I think you're right though. I think if you'd have gone to something maybe uh, you know kind of that wasn't so much fitting as him, you know, in terms of like the muscle scene or whatever, that maybe would have been kind of it wouldn't have fitted with his character. Whereas I guess what happened was he went to this, you know, as you said, this this commune, this house, and had all these different characters and these different mm-hmm. people that helped to kind of bring him out of his shell and for him to start to feel comfortable. Um, but also he was then had his best friend that he was going to, you know, through to their world. And I don't know, it was almost like a a, a natural progression for him yeah. discovering himself. But then obviously, as we know in the book, and people will read this, you know, he also loses himself during that as well. And it's yeah. it's it's a really tough time for him to to know where he where he fits. I think there was a real mix of characters, and I think that we have all had a Laura in our life. Um <laughs> I was enraged when I was reading some of the stuff that Laura was saying because we we have haven't we we've all had the the laura and the and i'm sorry for anyone listening to this that may find this offensive but you know i've talked about this before where you are the gay best friend or you become you know a caricature of what you know people think you should be or mm-hmm. you know comments are made to you that you think you know won't hurt you because oh it's fine i'm i can say that i'm you know he's my gay best friend or whatever yeah. and actually sometimes these things are incredibly hurtful and there was a few things yeah. that she did and i was just like I don't know. I, I I really like that you captured that kind of um, difference between um, you know a queer person living in a straight world, especially sharing a house, which yeah. I did as well back in my early twenties or um, late teens rather, and um, and then actually how difficult it is for to be understood because I don't know. I just I just think that she was so clunky and clumsy with everything she said, and it was just this world that Danny couldn't relate to. And you could just, I don't know, I could feel the frustration in him when I was reading it. And um, I think it was really great that you, you captured that, but equally uncle Dave, you know, the the person that says everything. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) I'm not being funny. Right. But I'm just going to say what I think. And it's like, okay, 
you can't say that. That's really yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just being honest. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> I'm just don't be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I think what I really loved though is, um, you know, Dave got it. You know, eventually, you know, uh, Danny was like, okay, I can't take this anymore. You are going to hear what I have to say here, and I thought that was, I was like rooting for him. I was like, yes, this is really good. Were you ever tempted to have a Laura and Danny showdown? Because I think that would have been pretty epic, to be honest. Um, yeah, well, yes, kind of. I mean, I'm really glad that you that chimed true with you because it was mm. something I I wanted this book to mostly be not kind of out and out homophobia, where mm. it was, you know, I wanted it to be more of those subtle like microaggressions that people yep. experience. And even when people are trying to be allies, yes, uh, yeah. but thinking they perhaps know more about people's experiences and different and divergent experiences as well. You know, it's yeah. not, it's not one, the queer experience is not one monolithic experience. Everyone is different. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, that, yeah, I was kind of tempted for them to have a showdown, but I also wanted them to get to a, the point almost with again no spoilers but is Danny gets to a point where he is com- more comfortable with himself and he doesn't need to mm. lash out at people like mm-hmm. he goes through that stage um but where he can almost be like okay like that's you know that's your stuff and that's that's fine it doesn't hurt me kind of yeah. whereas at the beginning he's really been Repre- I mean, repressing it, but I don't know if he's even been consciously repressing it. Like, I think mm. he's just, he's one of those people that just goes along with it and mm. hasn't actually had to inquire deeper into themselves because they're so desperate to maintain the status quo in order to stay safe. And it's mm. only when he's pushed out of that safe space, which is actually not very uh, good for him, really, um, mm-hmm. he has to really inquire into those deeper levels of himself, like mm-hmm. who, who is he and what does he want? And, you know, all of that stuff comes crashing down for mm-hmm. him. And so that relationship with Laura, I mean, we don't see much of it later in the book, but I would imagine they that friendship, <laughs> that friendship probably slowly or quickly yeah. ends <laughs> beyond the beyond the, the end of that book. I think it, you um, know, I I as I said, I've I've had some Laura's in my life and I definitely don't speak to those Laura's now. Um, and I, you know, I'm not going to obviously disparage anyone on on the podcast or talk about anyone in, in, in a bad way. But I think, you know, I think it's really an interesting conversation because when I was younger and I first came out, you have your friends, don't you? So you have the people in your life that you've always had. And I think it's only when you start to get other people in your life that are like you, that you kind of realize sometimes how dysfunctional those relationships actually are yeah, and how toxic sure. they can be. And we you know we we kind of go along with what we know don't we and i think that that was a classic example you know they'd been to school together they lived together and then i think sometimes as well what you really captured and i don't know whether you intended this but it's almost like the person the queer person that's part of the friendship group sometimes gets gets forgotten about because everyone else is doing their thing they're getting married they're having babies they're whatever which is great and good good for for everyone to do that but when you're fundamentally different and you feel different Sometimes you just want someone to put a nurturing arm around you and say, I know there's loads of change. I know lots of stuff's happening. Are you okay? But I think it's almost like, oh, they'll be okay. They'll find their way. They'll go out and have fun with other gay people or whatever. And I don't think it's always like that for people. And it's, it's a real safety thing. It's like sometimes you need those people that have been in your life to they're kind of like the arm around you, which makes you feel safe. And then it's quite disconcerting. I think when that suddenly kind of, you know, disappears and you're like, well, what, what do I, what do I do now? But, um, I think you can almost feel used in that situation. I mean, do you agree with that? Definitely everything that you're saying. Yeah. And I'm so, I've been so happy by the number of straight men, but straight women mostly who have messaged me and said, this book has really opened my eyes to something that I never Mm. knew. Mm. And especially with like my queer friends, I just didn't, know any of this stuff at all Mm. um so hopefully there'll be far fewer Laura's (laughs) yes (laughs) because I do think you know like I would say Laura that character is she would say she's doing everything right by her own definition and she's being a good friend to Danny but at the same time she's saying like oh you know we're getting married and you're just not you know that yeah. life and here's my other gay friend Zane you guys should get together even though you have nothing in common and she thinks yeah. she's 
that would be, she would say she's facilitating like his happiness. Like she's pushing yeah. him, you know, he's shy. She's pushing him towards this. Like, obviously you guys are going to get along. You're both gay. You're both gay. Yeah. Um, it's hilarious, isn't it? <laughs> but don't you find that as well with people like where they're like, oh, I know someone that's gay. You'll probably know them. I'm like, I don't know every gay yeah, person. Yeah, I don't know everyone. World. Although at the same time, not being, like, no, not being funny at the same time in London. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i've slept with him and him and <laughs> yeah, yeah. i'm like oh no i do actually know your friend um <laughs> i know your friend and his birthmark on his arm <laughs> so i love it a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. It's, yeah, I mean, it's and this happens, this kind of change in this friendship happens with Danny and his best friend Jacob as well. So mm. Jacob is the kind of non-binary mixed race you know, really kind of avant-garde mm-hmm. character who mm-hmm. him and Danny have been best friends since they were five. They grew up yeah. in the same seaside town together and mm-hmm. moved to London. And Jacob went to St. Martins, obviously. Um, and Danny went to UCL. And over the course of the novel, we see how their friendship, even though it is this supportive queer friendship and Jacob is a window into this queer world that Danny has been adjacent to, but has been too scared to explore. We still see how that, friendship mm. has this almost mother-child dynamic yeah. shifts as Danny kind of I suppose self-actualizes but definitely goes through a period where he's a real dickhead mm. um, and is a is a real dickhead to Jacob who has always been very supportive of Danny but in kind of a controlling way yeah. and I think those when you have long friendships as well like I mean I would say their their love and friendship is the central love story of the book, really. Yeah, and I, I did want to do a real big, I, I don't know, I did want to do a love story to friendship and to queer friendships and long mm. friendships, but it does, those those friendships do need to update, I think, as you update, mm. you know, like you, mm. Danny's changing a lot in a short period of time and actually that dynamic that has existed where he's been a bit of a, like, wallflower, mm-hmm. Um has has to alter and they have to re-establish what that is so it's mm. you know maybe with the laura character he's like actually this friendship is really not serving me anymore at all but jacob my oldest and dearest friend actually i can't lose that friendship so how do we 
evolve mm-hmm. it together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they have lots of conversations about how they want to do that <laughs> yeah um, i think that was great and also there was that kind of you know that their their relationship did take a really difficult turn and obviously you then hear about jacob's trauma and actually yeah, yeah. you know losing his mom and lots of other stuff that was was going on but i think what was lovely is there was a really you know it was a reconciliation between their friendship and we have that in life don't we nothing is plain sailing you don't have friends or you know sometimes you have relationships with people where you can just be truly honest and you mm-hmm. can just say how you're feeling and it doesn't mean the end it just means actually it's a new way of living and being and that could be said for so many relationships in life yeah, really yeah. um so no i thought that was that was really beautiful um do you think we'll see uh danny again will we step back into his life at any point in another book well i would love to do a follow-up because I feel like this book almost ends when his life is beginning. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd love to, I'd love to, I'm so attached to that character. I absolutely Mm. love him. He's that, he's the anxious, shy, worried part of all of us, you know, Mm. and I just love, I loved writing as him. Mm -hmm. And so I would love to explore that again. However, um, I am working on a a TV show based on the book. with a wonderful production company amazing um so hopefully we'll be able to bring danny to the small screen Um, wow i was literally just going to say that to you i could totally see this being a show like on netflix or something it just be incredible wow that's amazing congratulations thank you yeah it's been it's been we've been working on it for a year now it's it's really uh really exciting and really fun i've never written a screenplay before and yeah they're being so wonderful working with me and kind of mentoring me on it. And it's just, it's also so fun. Like when you were talking about him and Laura, actually, like I've been able to tease different things out of that relationship in mm-hmm. a different, in this different form. Mm-hmm. So we see that dynamic slightly differently and it's just been really fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do you know, I'd love to, I'd love to, I mean, maybe this is just me being um, a bit pervy here, but I think um, Danny and Luke having a thing would have been quite funny. I'd have been like, in yeah, your face, Laura. Because sure. yeah. <laughs> he was like, kind of like the, you know, the fit guy living with them, always scratching his balls, always kind yeah. of, you know, um being trying to be quite alpha but actually you know was quite affectionate to Danny as well wasn't he and um yeah he's that like public school kind of like yeah. oh it's just bants isn't it you know just we all discuss yeah. each other's dicks yeah, <laughs> yeah completely. completely so maybe everyone's uh, maybe, done maybe, it does yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe there's a bit of artistic license here that you could make in this screenplay um I'm like, wow that's incredible though I'm so happy for you that's I mean honestly the book is just incredible so to see that come to the screen will be just wonderful I will definitely be watching that that's just wonderful so when when do you think that may happen is that kind of writing it and then you have to then go to kind of does it have to go pitches and all that kind of stuff is that how it works yeah it's i'm slowly learning about tv and how Mm. it all works i didn't know anything about it before yeah yeah. Um, and it's a. Uh, I mean, I thought publishing was slow, but TV is long. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. So yeah, we basically what's been happening. Um, we've been working on it over the last year on the pilot episode and the document that's called the Bible, which is basically mm-hmm. like the rundown of the series and mm-hmm. the characters and the vibe and all that kind of thing. And then we've sort of we're sort of working with um, Endeavor who did um, this show called, I don't know if you've heard of it, it's called Normal People. Um, <laughs> yes, is this the, the Sally this, Rooney one? Yes, the one yeah, with um, yeah. Sitting Island, is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and that's filthy. With friends. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the horny lockdown. Um, yeah. Oh, that, we, and then at one time, sorry, I've just interrupted there, but literally we were watching that show, right? <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's quite fit at it oh but yeah it went on there was a sex scene that went on for about five minutes and i was like this is no longer a tv show this is porn like what <laughs> they I need know. to like it's crazy but it's such a good show i really enjoyed it oh, really gosh. enjoyed it yeah and he's so gorgeous he actually lives near me and i like cre- creepily keep her <laughs> <laughs> or he could be your danny maybe i can you imagine It'd be amazing Everyone yeah. would want to see more of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sorry, carry on. I interrupted we're you. We're sort of um, working with them. Um, and we're going to be, I think we're going to be start doing pitchings soon. So we'll see. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Well, if you need any extras, tap me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can be in some of the party scenes. Yeah, I'd love Yeah, I'd love to be <laughs> one of the um, the amazing housemates or something that um, oh, yeah. was really kind of out there. I thought that the, the house was just so much fun. It was just this real set. And, and, and I loved um, kind of like, you know, the simpleness of Danny as well, like just every now and then just needing time for 
you know him and Dolly Parton and his plants <laughs> and just <laughs> being in the garden and it was it, again it 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 showed a different side of um queer life it's like actually it's not just kind of being out there partying you know sleeping with everyone like you know I think there's a perception sometimes isn't there that you know kind of um this kind of promiscuous lifestyle if you're queer and you're you're just out having fun all the time and stuff like that but actually you know queer people like like the sanctuary of a garden and plants and you know chilling at home and having quiet time looking after themselves and it's just I yeah, don't know there was, there was can be boring too yeah there was so <laughs> many there was elements of everything and I thought that it, it was just so comforting so I think people will will definitely um will definitely love that thank you so much for that we always talk about allyship on this podcast and um I think it's incredibly important, um, you know, to have great allies within our community, uh, but also externally, um, you know, to the community as well, and also how we can be allies to other communities. So for you, what does allyship mean? And and how do you think that we can all be better allies of mm. each other? Oh my gosh, I mean, allyship has been such a big buzzword over the last few years, hasn't mm. it? In various different forms. I think the main, so before I left, uh, my job to be a full-time writer this year. Mm-hmm. I was I worked at Greenpeace, the environmental charity, for a few wow. of years, and we talked a lot about allyship. And we we uh, partnered with lots of other organisations, like the um, you know like the school uh, the school uh, activists Friday mm-hmm. for Future, um, and the Umbrella organisation in Hong Kong, who were the the protesters there. We had lots of talks with them, and basically. The, the key thing I learned about allyship was listen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just to ask people about their experience and ask them what they want. Yeah. Um, because otherwise you're a Laura where you think you know <laughs> <laughs> what, what someone else's needs are without actually asking them. <laughs> and I think within the queer community, it's such, we're so diverse, you know, mm. like I've tried to put this in the novel. Like, I mean, Danny gets some stuff wrong when he mm-hmm. like is dating Raj. He says some like racist things to him because he just, he doesn't know any better, but mm-hmm. he's learning. The whole point of that character is that he's learning. And mm-hmm. I think, we need like we live in an age where we've got twitter and people say things and we need to have that kindness and space with each other as everyone is learning but also you've got to have a boundary Mm -hmm. (laughs) where Mm -hmm. things are not acceptable anymore Mm -hmm. um and i think if there's one thing i wanted to explore with that book actually is just that kind of have that to have that kindness with yourself and have that kindness with others and be able to have those difficult conversations because otherwise you're all just yelling at each other yeah so yeah i would say allyship to me means i guess difficult conversations and kindness that's so mm. cheesy but <laughs> it's not you know we've this has been said so many times and again it goes back to you know i'm i'm hosting a queer podcast i don't know everything about queer life but actually what this is doing for me is i'm learning when every time i have a conversation with someone every time i speak to someone about a topic that i'm not familiar with i'm learning something and i think as long as you're respectful and we say this all the time respectful and ask honest questions and it comes from a a sincere place of kindness and to want to grow and develop you can't really go wrong i think when you you know you don't want to learn and you make mistakes you think oh let's not worry about that that's when people get pissed off because you know, there are lots of differences out there and people are different and we're all unique. We've got to just give everyone a voice and make sure that people are heard. So I I, I completely agree with you. Well, what would you like to see change within our queer community within the next 12 months? Oh my gosh, within if the next 12 months? Yeah, let's make, let's make it happen. <laughs> um, I do think it is, I do feel like it is moving more in the direction that I think we need to be moving in, which is that we're listening more to different voices. We're seeing different queer lives and different ways to be queer. Yeah. Um, And seeing how those, that there isn't a catch all for all of that. You know, I mean, you'd see in the last few years, we've only seen any trans visibility at all before Mm -hmm. that like being a white gay man was, you know, so controversial that all of those other identities that were further down the, the level of like, norm like norm norm core like acceptability mm-hmm. we're now getting to hear from those voices and people are getting that respect where it wasn't before although obviously absolutely a huge backlash against that as well mm-hmm. thank, you, thank you jk rowling yeah um, so <laughs> so i think i think thankfully we are 
I think, moving in the right direction. Although there is just terrifying swings to the right that we're seeing everywhere mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, like with Bro versus Wade in America, like things that things you didn't even think, or at least I didn't think growing up that that would ever be that that could ever be a reality, you yeah. know. And now there's like Tory MPs over here kind of wanting to do similar things in controlling women's reproductive rights. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, hopefully, hopefully we'll continue to fight and move in the right direction where everybody is respected mm-hmm. and everyone mm-hmm. can live the life that they're that they should be living. Um, which is something that always, do you know what, growing going back to our earlier conversation, growing up and being feeling like I was the only out person anywhere where I was. I was always so fascinated by why people cared. Mm. I was like, you know, and like with gay marriage, I remember people saying, oh my God, well, this just ruins the sanctity of marriage. And I was like, well, if you're, if this ruins your marriage as like a middle-aged straight couple, the fact that I can marry my boyfriend, like mm. that surely that's the issue is not with me and your yeah. marriage. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, why, absolutely. Why, like, I don't care what you're doing with your like rank little genitals. Like, <laughs> so why do you care what's, where I'm putting my dick? You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't care. I don't want to know. I don't want to see what you're doing with yours. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Have you ever watched a TV show called The Comeback? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Because that's it's Elisa Kutcher, and she goes, "I don't want to see that." It's like a it's a tagline. I thought that's where that was uh, that was coming from. You need to watch oh, no, it. It's very good. No. <laughs> um, but no, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, and, and I think that you know, it's what what does it matter to anyone else? You know, and I, and I, and when you yeah. know, we, we hear so many kind of comments from people or you know propaganda out there, and it's been around for you know for decades, isn't it? But I think the thing that I've learned really is that we can't be complacent and it's like mm-hmm. you know we've we've afforded so many amazing rights in this country like as queer people like things have definitely you know me growing up in the 80s you know being married now owning a home with my husband all that kind of stuff it's like you know i never imagined that happening because i always knew i was it different wasn't it wasn't possible yeah. so so i'm incredibly lucky compared to people maybe that were living in the 70s 80s etc or and before um but as the world shows us things can change and can go backwards and that's the thing isn't it it's like we've got to keep fighting for equality and we've got to keep having voices and make sure that people that do have the right voices are represented and that people listen because it can go the other way and that that's a pretty scary concept especially for kids that are now coming up and growing up and you know coming out and stuff we want people to i'm so thankful that you know my nieces and nephews and stuff growing up in a world where things are more acceptable and things are talked about a lot more but there's still a long way to go in so many different disciplines. Oh gosh, and it's, absolutely. it's, you know, it's, it's a crazy time really. Um, that's amazing. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate that, um, that conversation. Um, I do have a quick fire round for you before we oh my end. Gosh, go for it. Yes. You like a bit of lightning oh, okay. round. <laughs> okay. Amazing. Do you know every person that I interview like, oh my goodness, quick fire. Do we really have to do this? But um, yeah, let's see what you can do. So queer icon. Oh my gosh. I immediately thought Dolly Parton. So on brand. <laughs> She's pretty awesome to be fair though, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> Dolly Parton. Okay, queer anthem. Um, okay, so I listened to uh Carly Ray Jepsen party for one about six times yesterday. So I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> um my husband loves um, is it Call Me Maybe? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's quite right. a tune for the dance floor, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, a book you wish you had written. Oh, a bush. Oh my God. Probably Memorial by Brian Washington. Have you read that? No. Oh my gosh. It's the best book I've read recently. It's it's about like a queer relationship in America. Okay. Between like a Japanese guy and a black American guy. And it's just the most amazing book. You should, everyone should, everyone should read that book. I'm opening up my Amazon right now. Yeah. As speak. <laughs> Memorial. Yeah, by Brian Washington. So incredible. Memorial. Okay, I'll pop that in. I read, um, I finished reading that and I thought I might as well just quit because like there's no, there's, there's no point writing anymore. This no, there's room for everyone. No, absolutely. I've got so many books. I've said this on every podcast. I've interviewed so many authors this season and um, I kind of, I finished season one and I had a few weeks off and I thought, right, I'm just going to get back on it and just start interviewing again. And I started arranging all these interviews and I realized that I had quite a lot of authors. So I had loads of books to read. So the last few weeks I've been like, just like power reading and, but it's been quite nice actually. Um, I've read some really cool books. Um, But yeah, uh, 
I, I just love I love buying queer literature. That's one thing I, I would say that I really appreciate as well is that things are so much more accessible. There are stories being told now. You know, if we think back to our teen years, you couldn't really go and buy books like oh God, we can no. buy now. No. So that's incredible. So for me, having like a queer library in my home is really important. I love looking at my bookshelf and seeing all the different, whether fiction books or, you know, books about kind of history or whatever. That's, I think it's incredible to be able to, to do that really. So um, yeah, I will keep buying them. Yeah, <laughs> I need to it. stop. Yeah, need to. Uh, I need to stop for a bit though, just to um, try and catch up with the ones that I've got. Um, three items that you would take to a desert island. Oh my gosh! Okay, uh, laptop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, sports shorts uh, and a block of cheese. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, cheese will definitely keep you going. Yeah. And sports shorts, I guess, yeah, because it'll be hot. So you'd want to... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's, no one said clothes before. That's really practical. Yeah, I just assumed you'd be you wearing clothes. Island. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'd be going with what, you, what you're wearing, I guess. But yeah, yeah. No, I like that, though. You know, change of weather. You might need your sports shorts. That's really exactly. cool. Last day on earth, what are you having for dinner? Honestly, I had this conversation with my friend last week about what would you eat on death row. And I said my last meal would be popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> what sweet or sweet and salty oh or sweet. salty my sweet. favorite honestly my favorite popcorn is from uh on brixton market you get a huge bag for one pound fifty wow and honestly it's my favorite popcorn in the whole world and i don't know what it is i think there's something maybe it's like just reminds me of childhood or something but it's uh-huh. so it's so that's what i'd eat popcorn so like no like lovely hessen blumenthal meal just a bag of <laughs> amazing (laughs) i love it life complete yeah (laughs) see mine would be uh, like a steak with peppercorn sauce and you know triple cooked chips and a a glass of red wine yes Um, yeah yeah i think it's the time of year as well we had a we had a friend around last night for dinner and my husband made a really amazing like um noodle soup with I, oh goodness I can't remember what was in it but it was, it was just stunning and you know it's that time of year where it's just like warming cozy Woman, food yeah. glass of red wine so yeah steak is definitely on the agenda um your ultimate holiday and relaxing destination relaxing destination um honestly I'd love to go I've never been to like South America and there's mm. like parts there like I'd love like when I worked at Greenpeace I worked on the Amazon campaign and I'd love to go and visit parts of Brazil and the Amazon and just amazing see, see that um and see the wildlife and obviously see that in terrible destruction but mm-hmm. you know there's all like the Amazon Delta there's like these incredible parts so beautiful very mm. unusual wildlife all that kind of thing I'd love to see that Mm. is being in nature really important to you like kind of where you relax and stuff i think so yeah maybe it's because i'm from the countryside but mm. I do, yeah i do love getting out into nature and i love hiking and all that kind yeah of thing. so yeah. have you ever been to um to brighton i have i actually went to brighton pride this year and saw christina aguilera did you yeah. oh amazing amazing i didn't see christina um we did the street party on the saturday um but i'd seen christina back in 2003 on the strip tour so i'd seen her already before oh, um the strip tour yeah so jealous. yeah it was a good <laughs> show. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's on youtube you can watch it it's on dvd on youtube oh, it's not the same yeah i know it was, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty epic i was like 18 and i remember I had this like, lovely new outfit from top man i looked super gay i was like <laughs> <laughs> i was like no one knows <laughs> no one knows um but no that was really cool and um, i was going to say the reason i mentioned brighton is because we've obviously got the downs all around mm, oh yeah city. yeah so you can kind of um not that i've kind of done them yet i've only been here 10 months i've not even done it but you can get like a bus down to like devil's dyke and you can go out and have a good like hike and so it's kind of nice to be in a city you've got the sea you've got the city life you've got the queer community and then you've got this beautiful countryside around us so i feel like we're in a really lucky place here actually there's a bit of everything for for everyone you know um i mean and devil's dyke that sounds like a vibe <laughs> I, think, I think there might be a cruising area around there as well i'm not too sure um but yeah sounds about uh, right Sorry? <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> I think there's a cruising error everywhere in Brighton, yeah. to be fair. Um, and one piece of advice for aspiring writers. Okay, honestly, I would just say read, 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 and mm-hmm. write, write, write. Okay. Like there's just nothing else. There's I I speak to people a lot who say I really want to be a writer. 
and I say, do you write? <laughs> and a lot of the time they're like, not really. I'm like, well, you need to, it's like anything. It's a skill that you yeah. need to hone. You need Absolutely. to find your place in it. You know, it's like learning a language almost. You need to find your voice in it mm-hmm. and reading you just find what you find interesting or mm-hmm. what you find thrilling or funny or whatever. Mm-hmm. So just read and write, I would say. Yeah. Just keep, keep doing it. I think you're, you're right. You've got to build your craft, it. haven't you? Yeah. yeah. So important to do all of that. I mean, I've been it? writing since I was eight and this is the third book that I've written. So wow. uh, <laughs> yeah. and the first to actually kind of make it. So it's been a long, it's been a long journey. Yeah. And you've had, and just, I guess we'll finish on this as well, but you've, the book has been really well received, hasn't it? You've had some amazing reviews and yeah. it's been really well, you know. Career highlight is Trixie Mattel holding it on her YouTube channel. Wow. Um, and reading the very uh, earnest note that my editor <laughs> wrote <laughs> Wow. Um, that was really amazing seeing her because I love Trixie. She's probably my favorite drag queen. Seeing and obviously she loves Dolly Parton. Yeah, seeing her holding the book and talking about it, I was like, "That's mental." So, yeah. Yeah. is this the note at the front of the book? Um, and I was going to read this actually because we'll finish on this as well. But um, from Alexander Leon, is Leon. that the? Yeah, that wasn't the earnest note, but that Alexander Leon's amazing um, queer activist. Yeah, and I reached out to him on Twitter and said, "I because this he wrote this tweet and it went viral." Yeah, and I said to him, "I would love to use this in the front of my book because it's really what the whole thing yeah. is about." And he very kindly said that gave me permission to use it. So. Shall I yeah. read it out just for everyone yeah, so they know it. what we're talking about? So, queer people don't grow up as ourselves. We grow up playing... Sorry, let me start this again <laughs> on the spot reading. It's always make a mistake. Queer people don't grow up as ourselves. We grow up playing a version of ourselves that sacrifices authenticity to minimise humiliation and prejudice. The massive task of our adult lives is to unpick which parts of ourselves are truly us and which parts we've created to protect us. I, I read that. I actually put that on my... Um, instagram as well on my stories because i i just read that and i was like yeah completely that is just yeah. that kind of sums yeah. it up really That's uh, it, yeah absolutely so no thank you for sharing that thank you so much for this amazing conversation i have loved this so much and um, i have to say when you're down in brighton next please look me up and let's go for a drink and oh yeah i absolutely yeah. love that Do, have you been around brighton much like kemp town and stuff and yeah uh, yeah i've got a couple of friends in brighton so i know oh, okay read it reasonably well and i'm down to visit a lot so cool well when yeah, you're down okay. send send us a note and we'll uh we'll catch up that'd be lovely oh thank you so much it's been so nice to talk yeah you too thank you so much oh henry what a fantastic conversation thank you so so much for being on the podcast i really love that conversation and i really love the book and i would encourage everyone to go out there and buy it it is such a good read I think it's really important that we have stories told through novels, queer literature that really resonate with us and we can relate to. It's so important to have our lives reflected back in books, in art, in television. And I think Henry did just that. So thank you so much to him for writing this incredible book. You can follow Henry on Twitter and on Instagram. And just thank you so much to him once again. And thank you for listening. Until next time. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe to this podcast. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. My handle is at Actually. You can also check out my website, fluiactually.com.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.